Welcome to the No Film School podcast. This is Gigi Hawkins. And we're always looking for a place where we can serve our stories. You know, whether it's like, what latte am I drinking today? I think I've pulled back on that type of short form storytelling. But where can I put my movie? Where can I showcase my script? And I'm here today with a team of filmmakers who made a TikTok movie and a really good creepy one. I'm here with the team of the Mountain Murder Tapes. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hey, yeah. I am Jacob Seltzer. I was the co-writer and co-director. I'm Benji Steinberg. I was the other co-writer. co-director. And my name is Spencer Levin, and I played Jesse, one of the characters in the tape. In all, in many of the tapes, like in many of the tapes, in, in yes. most of them, in all, yeah. <laughs> There's a stand-in for some of them, actually. That right, was right. Well, budget, that was right? That was requested of me. Yes, <laughs> I need breaks. So. Oh my gosh! So I'm. I think I heard about this at the Montana party at Sundance, where I met Jacob and Benji, and the way that we realized we that you were making this is somehow, oh, we added each other on Instagram, you, me, Jacob, and I. And we're like, how do you know Spencer? Which is kind of the magic of Sundance, right? Yeah, I mean, it was so, you know, serendipitous to meet you there. And it's always fun to see where those connections and who knows who and, you know, Spencer. Yeah, great connector. Just the ghost of Sundance without being there. (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Spencer somehow was not at the Montana film commission party i don't know where you were were you on a different mountain or yeah i was probably shooting some big hot shot project in another country or i was on my couch <laughs> one, one of the two fantastic well you it's always great to meet another filmmaker who like appreciates a, a talented person and we were both like ah oh, spencer is so funny and i'm sure you both jacob and benji had this experience but when i was editing this sketch that spencer was in I was just like kind of laughing with the editor and we'd just be like laughing alone at Spencer with Spencer. He was, it was a a comedic performance in this case. But yeah, so I've been sort of watching from afar, watching the release of this film for TikTok. And it's so exciting. So, So talk me through, what was the origin of this project? Yeah, sure. So Jacob and I are big hikers and backpackers. We backpacked a few times together and we've hiked many a time together. And specifically on one hike, I think it was up in Altadena, you know, somewhere up in the Angeles National Forest. Jacob had just returned from a winter of, of, you know, going on, you know, some ski trips. And he had been taking these sort of first person POV videos of him skiing down a mountain. And uh, I was sort of enchanted by these. But also thought that they were, in this sort of understated way, really creepy. Because, you know, it was him alone in these forests, sort of like winding through the trees. And we were both big fans of, you know, the Horror Movie Blair Witch Project. And Heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> right? And, you know, being uh, well acquainted with nature, we really, uh, I think we're in touch with the, the, the creepy nature of nature. And, hey, what if, you know, we set sort of like a, did sort of a Blair Witch thing on a ski mountain? And it just sort of took off from there. And, and the and we were actually drawing inspiration from our surroundings. Like we were on this hike. It was sort of like on the sun was had like started to crest over this mountain and we're on the shady side of the mountain. And it was just sort of like slowly growing darker and darker. Yeah. All right. What's the second half of the yeah. story? Oh, well, no, I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, a big part of it was like 
especially for TikTok. The one at the time, Benji was working as a writer on a big TV show. I had a few short films that had done the festival circuits. And, you know, both of us were kind of like, we wanted to get back to the roots of our indie filmmaking and get scrappy and, and find our audience and have this direct connection with them. And TikTok is, you know, there's so much, so many eyeballs, so many people, everybody uses TikTok, everybody's swiping. And we wanted to just kind of find the medium that was geared towards just finding an audience. And, and really, it was all just a giant experiment. So that was like a new thing for us because neither of us had ever made anything for TikTok. It's so smart because obviously the Blair Witch sort of created the found footage genre in a way, arguably. And it developed a, a very specific type of language. But I feel like the Mountain Murder tapes it, it is in this fil- this language of TikTok. And it's very true to that form. Can you talk about how you found the filmic language, if you will, for this project? Yeah, you know, it it was, a lot of it was like an experiment in cinematography as much as storytelling. The actors were holding the, the since we wanted to make this, you know, first person found footage project, the actors were our cinematographers every step of the way. So we had to kind of motivate every single shot as coming from, the actor's POV and going with their character, all of their characterization. So Jesse had a few times where he was holding the camera, but he wasn't, he, whenever he was holding the camera, it had to come from this place of I'm documenting this, his, his girlfriend, Allie, I'm documenting, you know, our, our cute vacations together, our cute moments together. And that was really like when he found the moment to pull out his camera. Meanwhile, Caroline Fury, who was playing the sky character, and she was pretty much the main cinematographer because she's, um, her footage and she her character was this prolific like selfie documentarian yeah <laughs> so it really gave like her a chance to kind of always have her camera out and it made a lot of sense for the character and so that's the footage that you're going to find but you know nova nova che Kendrick kirk they we don't use any footage from their pov and it really is because of the way that their characters were built um yeah. and that is kind of like to find that you know motivation for each shot was a big part of the writing process as well yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that process in particular, but I think this is such a smart op- observation or a smart choice when telling this story because I think it's very easy for there to be like a lazy version of this. And I think of the equivalent version of this in the podcast, like fiction world. So many times I've heard podcasts where, you know, somebody is recording and it's supposed to be found footage and they're like, I'm just going to turn on my iPhone and record for my notes or I'm trying this new thing. And I'm like, that is bullshit and annoying and nobody does that. But like the POVs of these characters who were then also expanding into creating when and where we're seeing parts of these stories, like it it does make sense. I do feel like Sky is the that friend that we have that's like always filming and you're like, can you be present with us? honey like at all but that made it all the more believable so yeah that it's so smart and i'd love to hear about the writing process and how you arrived at those choices to have like basically two characters filming yeah you know we i should say there's a third character who's filming the right um, the yeah so the maddie character the the stalker and that's also like was a completely different storytelling mode because we shot everything on an iPhone from the, the friends, they were all their footage was shot on an iPhone. And then Maddie was all on 
GoPro. And, mm. and that eerie green color, it's so good. <laughs> I will say too, the, the motivation for each character who is filming is different, which is also kind of a fun uh, part of the experience. You know, I, I feel like the, is when Jesse, my character, because we haven't talked about my character yet, the Jesse, he, his filming was a lot of Nova's character, his girlfriend. And so there, it was kind of interesting to see how he did it versus how Caroline's character, Sky, does it. It was very mm-hmm. presentational, um, as well as Maddie, which was, you know, a lot of the plot, obviously. But you were still able to sneak stuff in, particularly relationship stuff between the, the characters, just by who, you know, whose perspective we have. Um, yeah. And I think the there was a lot of improvisation. We had a script. You guys wrote out a full script, but they were also very good about letting the actors kind of freely reign over, hit these points, obviously. Uh, But I think because of that, you get this kind of, and because of the casting, you get this natural, I don't know, progression of events from these different perspectives that I don't know if you were even fully counting on. I mean, I love, yeah, yeah. No, no, I love what you're saying because that that sparks something in uh, a memory of mine, which is that you know I think like for simplicity's sake, we said okay. I think at some point in the writing process, and Jacob corrected someone. We said okay, we 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 need to sort of have a digestible number of POVs, and I feel like we split it up economically in such a way that you know we have these two couples on a vacation. We have uh, Spencer and Nova, Jesse and Ali. And Carolyn and Kendrick, Sky and Brandon. And so we had, you know, someone filming in each of those. And then to sort of complicate that further, or, <laughs> you know, to minimally complicate that further, we had the, uh, the stalker with the GoPro cam, night vision. And yeah, it was an interesting sort of math, I think, specifically like intercutting between the, the stalker and the, the kids in, in, in a sense, because, yeah, we played around a lot with that. And then as we released, and really, as we edited and then as we released, we would shuffle around how things were intercut um, because mm. we learned so many lessons, not only in editing, but in distribution, which we had a lot of flexibility on. Yeah. yeah. And we wrote like a full script. And in each mm-hmm. scene, like the character that was filming was listed in the script. Yeah. Um, yeah. In each scene. So that there are some interesting things that I think would, I'd have trouble seeing how it would present if I was just reading it up on the page. And I think of a scene where it's Jesse and Allie alone in the room and she's like looking for her swimsuit bottoms. And it's like this playful thing. And then Jesse said, or AKA Spencer, who we're here with, sets down the phone. And then it's this kind of moment between the couple. And I think it's interesting as a viewer, how you can actually like sort of be with them in that moment. And it works because I think you took the time to hold the viewer's hand in building the like cadence of how they're filming. And then you're like, oh no, it would make sense that he would then set it down and step away and be present with his girlfriend. And it's just like very smart, again, true to the character decisions that are informing where you put the camera in this case, even if it's an iPhone camera. So let's talk about actually filming it. Like where, how long, how many days were you shooting? How, how long was the process? Were you editing afterwards were you editing in real time um how many beers were consumed throughout Spencer, <laughs> <laughs> you want to start with the first how long were we we're out there for five yeah. days or so four, 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 four days or five days i mean yeah i mean i i the audition process 
for this was I was actually in this apartment, Benji's place, and it was through Actors Access is where I found it, I think. Oh yeah. And and it was they were, you know, we were before they got the the auditions rolling, they both came out. I think Aaron Ella was with one of the producers on it was also present. She was like, okay, so essentially this is we have a script, you know, it's you said 50 pages. Yeah. It's 50 something pages. But essentially, we're going to be shooting this pretty guerrilla style. It's going to be kind of all over the place. For the most part, we're all going to just be getting together and hanging out at this cabin in Mammoth, like hanging out and then filming these scenes that we need to be believable. But also, we need you guys to have a good time. This sounds not like a job. This sounds so like, fun. Just fun playing and just fun. I'm like, this, you know, a bunch of creatives just hanging out and doing something creative while also maybe getting blasted. Like, sure. Let's go for it. And I yeah. will say, it, it would actually, I don't think it got particularly wild. I mean, there was a we, there's a party scene that we filmed. I was method on that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, it was just like a fun week or so that had some very late nights. Uh, I feel like I, I got the better end of the bargain. Like, you guys were the ones trying to make something at the end of it. It was just that I, I had to be present as best as I could. But it was... I mean, it was a really fun time. It was really just fun all around. Were you slating? Were you were you saying, okay, team, like this is what's happening in this scene? Go and film everything. Like, how? What was that actually? Did you have storyboards at all? Yeah, we. So the crew was me, Benji, and then our producers, Aaron Rusniello and Mary Dwyer, and that was it. Like, we were everything. So Benji and I were co-directors, and. You know, we, the cinematographers were the actors. Yeah. Erin uh, and Mary were everything else. Craft services were, <laughs> yep, were yep. transportation, were making sure that releases were signed. None were signed. <laughs> yeah. Gorilla. <laughs> um, yeah. Gorilla. Gorilla, exactly. But we, I mean, so many shots were stolen. Like we really upped the production value of the project by just stealing and going into places that we probably shouldn't be, like the gondola shots. We went onto the got. We, we were shot shooting a mammoth mountain. We used borrowed ski passes because ski passes are extremely expensive. Uh-huh. And we had three borrowed ski passes, which meant we could only get a shot with two actors at a time in the gondola. Um, no so idea. We, I had no idea. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> and but that, and then we only really we were like, we're going to get caught, so we got to get this in one gondola ride. And the actors were like, you know, just incredible improvisers were really like going we we got the like scripted version within one or two takes and then we were just like have a go with it and I, I feel like that's how we mainly did a lot of the shooting was we'd get the shot that Benji and I had written and then we were like just improvise and see what feels natural and we got a few shots for fun and then move on to the next shot and honestly like most of the time we use the improvised version because nice was just yeah like we were like totally we weren't we were writing it so that the actors could have like something to latch on to and like a real follow their characters each step of the way but then they made it their own yeah and we, we were just i mean i was just felt so lucky that our, our cast were, were such talented you know so that was just a huge boon to us that you know you can i think see that in auditions but you can't truly know and until you're in the groove and the in and out of all, all different tones of scenes and stuff. We did do some reshoots, which were actually really fun. We arced the end a little more with this fight scene, sort of an ex, uh, 
uh, a bit of an extended chase that ends in a fight that ends in the denouement of the series. And that was cool because we were sort of similarly economical with that. We, you know, this fight was supposed to take place, you know, in the snow and this sort of open snowy terrain. And, you know, we decided to shoot half of the fight up on, we went back up to Mammoth and shot it on the snowy mountain. And then we shot the other half of the fight on a beach in Santa Monica because um, we had sort of stumbled upon this realization that under the green filter of the killer stalker through which the entire fight is shot, sand and snow look identical. So what wow. we did is, yes, which was such, again, such a lucky thing to stumble upon. And we storyboarded the fight and then reverse engineered it. So almost every other shot switches location and we sort of stitched them together through premeditated with hands. And that was wow. really thrilling for me because I just felt like, you know, I felt like the fight in the end ended up looking pretty dynamic and realistic. And to know that we didn't even shoot that in one location just convinces me of Movie that. magic is real. That's so awesome. And also so smart. Um, like a discovery that you can only make by achieving, like being like, okay, this is the look. And then like thinking outside the box, which is just awesome. Everyone says, go shoot a movie on your iPhone. Bob Yauman literally just said that. He's like, I shot Asteroid City, but go shoot a movie on your iPhone. And what does that actually look like in terms of are you using Filmic Pro or are you just using the straight up Apple video app? What did that, how are you downloading the data? Um, how often were you switching out phones? We like to get yeah. really nerdy here on the podcast. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good question. We just use the video app. We use the video app. We use like AirPlay screen mirroring. So when the actors were using the video app, we would have a little like video, quote unquote, video village with one of our laptops, like a little off to the side so we could see exactly what they were shooting. Oh, cool. And, and then, yeah, we'd like kind of, we downloaded when we had the chance, but it was also like saved in the cloud because it was just Apple video. So we weren't like too nervous about that. And then the GoPro was a whole nother thing where there was, well, you used like a special app for that. Yeah, it was literally, I, I wish I had known about it before, uh, but it, it's just literally just the GoPro app. And it's a free monitor. And yeah, it just, it was so handy. A free monitor that displays on your phone. Cool. It was very, very low-tech version. When people say shoot on your iPhone, and that is the advice they, you know, give to a young scrappy filmmaker. We literally shot it on our iPhone. There was no, nothing besides out-of-the-box Apple that we, you know, made this possible. It was fun to, to you know, you do a take that could last, I don't know, three minutes, depending on what the scene was. And then Benji and Jacob would take the phone and be like, okay, can we just say they would both go into another room just quietly and would all stand there for a minute and they'd come back out and be like, okay, good, 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 good. It was great. No, let's move on. It's like, oh, okay, great. I have no idea what you just were looking for. But that was just, glad you got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spencer, do you have second unit DP credit on this? Or you know what? That... I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we're because... talking about it. My manager's outside right now, actually. Come on in. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> we, I half joke about it, but there's a recurring thing, thing in the feature that I just shot where the lead character is shooting on her iPhone and we were shooting with an app. I want to say it was like the new Black Magic app, but we were also, and I was like, 
similarly writing the scenes at my laptop at a cafe in LA being like, ha ha, these will be so easy to shoot. We won't have to light <laughs> them or anything. Of course, we, the DP was like, we're lighting all of these scenes. And then the iPhone started freezing because we were in the tropics and we were using the actress's iPhone. And then she'd have to have her phone taken away as we were uploading footage. We did the bad version of what you guys did. You guys did the, yeah, well, Apple said we could do it. So we're doing it. Record. We just made it really hard on ourselves and I'll never do that way again. I want to hear about like distribution and getting it out there. I mean, this is like a project designed for us to watch on our phones. What did that look like? And how did you guys come up with that release strategy? It was a really fun, although, you know, occasionally challenging learning curve. Um, you know, we, there was a lot of brainstorming, spitballing ideas, throwing it around. How do we frame this narrative? I mean, we, I think we sort of knew the basic idea, which was like, you know, no matter what sort of the videos had to be presented as though at some, that they were being distributed by the, uh, stalker killer, right? Because that's sort of the framing device, not only in the piece of media itself, but also in the distribution. Otherwise, it just, I don't know. We, we flirted with some ideas like, okay, maybe, you know, there, someone had found the phones in the snow who wasn't, you know, I mean, I guess, and honestly, I mean, I, there could be some level of ambiguity as to who was distributing, but I think we made it semi clear. But anyways, yeah. And then it was just a, a learning curve. There, there was a lot of re-editing, but not in a, oh my God, we're scrambling. None of this works. It was a re-editing and, okay, we are learning what's you know, scripted or semi-scripted, how to tell uh, a dramatic story on this and how do you get eyeballs, which frames are the catchiest to start with, what do people gravitate to? So it was time intensive, actually, the distribution, but it was really rewarding. And we feel like we really know how people watch sort of this semi-scripted or scripted dramatic content on TikTok now. What were some of the learnings specifically? For example, the frames that you mentioned, this is a good catchy frame in the beginning. Yeah. So we thought that the cliffhanger was going to be the most important. And that was something that we were kind of writing towards and framing each... Because that's, you know, in television, like you always want to leave the audience wanting more. But on TikTok, most people were finding this through the For You page. And so when you're scrolling through the For You page, you just really want to like immediately be like, Within the first second, you have to hook the audience. Yeah. And so that was like in the editing process, in the re-editing process, as we're like finding out how the audience is engaging with with each episode, like that was one thing that we started prioritizing. And sometimes we'd distribute an episode, launch it, and it would get like an amazing response. And we'd be try to dissect what worked about it, why was that working? And then the next one might get a horrible response, no views. And we're like, what's going wrong. And sometimes, you know, we did this a few times. We just take that episode down, re-edit it, see if we could try to catch some eyes a new way. And, you know, generally it worked. Like that was, we'd like, it it would, yeah. And what off that, I think what was really interesting about this idea of a hook over a cliffhanger, like Jacob was saying, this idea of the eye grabbing it, right? And it's like, like, whether that's like a kiss, you know, you know, some crime, you know, what will, you know, emotionally draw people in. But then also, there's this sort of question, which I feel like is a microcosm in many ways of, of a feature film, of a short film, of a TV episode. This idea of asking this sort of yes or no central dramatic question 
to kick off the episode in dialogue specifically. So, it, and you know what? It's not always yes or no. I think yes or no can be especially effective. But for example, like two ones off the top of my head are, you know, one of them, like there was a noise in the background at the start of the video and, and the character says, what was that? You know, or another one, they're trying to figure out what to do after something has occurred. And they say, what do we do about the blood? And that, you know, I think we hoped and we saw could keep viewers like watching, not only watching, but also, you know, watching to the end so that they might be compelled to click on the account link or, and then like sort of scroll through the episode. Such a unique opportunity to be revising in real time. So you said in the editing and re-editing process, and I was going to ask about what you meant by re-editing, but the ability to, gosh, I feel bad for influencers who are like just TikTok people. And they're like, why has nobody looked at this video? Like slowly taking it down. But like to you, for you guys, you got to modify or yeah, modify the technique throughout as you're releasing. And that's such a, I think, very unique to this format and the way you set up this project to be able to do that. Uh, most of the time we're editing in this sort of bubble and then, you know, months later putting it out in the world. But I'm sure this is something that has hugely impacted how you write and how you think about directing as well. Definitely those lessons that we learned, it's, it informs our writing now, or my writing. Now, Spencer, you were the face of this campaign and I say campaign, this film for TikTok being put out into the world. Were people reaching out to you? Were they like, who did they know you were acting? Like this is found footage style. What was the reaction being on the other side? Yeah, it's really interesting because my myself, Caroline, and actually Kirk, Kendrick Kirk to be specific, we all had somewhat of a an internet following already, particularly TikTok. And Nova as well, I think. Um, everyone had a little bit of a falling. I think Caroline had was beating us all by margins, but a lot of us already did. And so I was interested during the filming of it to see what people would buy or what people would call out. I think we had a few comments on a couple of videos where I know I think I was tagged once. I think Caroline was tagged once where people were like, no, 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 wait. No, I know that person, you know, which is a good problem to have, I think, if you're making this kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the fun of particularly the style of how this story falls out. It's not so much about, because I've done found footage stuff through the social media lens before, but I've done it, if I'm going to plug my own stuff, and <laughs> feature hashtag Chad Gets the Axe, um, yeah, which is, yeah. you know, would come for this, then playing an influencer in that. And for that's a very direct relationship with the audience. Whereas for this one, it's meant to be you're, the audience is looking at personal moments that are highlighted by this, uh, you know, this kind of over this dark event that you know is coming or you feel is coming. And so, so I, I want, I wanted to try to, you know, keep it as real and as grounded as possible because I, my hopes were that no one would recognize me and that I was some, you know, kind of douchey ski bro who has relationship problems. That he needs to address who happens to encounter this very, very bad weekend with his friends. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like, though, that yeah. perfect balance between the like being it, like spying or voyeuristically watching this weekend unfold and having a little bit of FOMO as you do when you watch social media stuff like this. But there was still this like 
core of, oh, I know these characters. I know this Jesse type character who's the good guy that falls into this traditional, like what we know when we see a horror movie of like, you know, a couple of friends going up to some secluded place where creepy things happen, which like, you know, Cabin in the Woods, insert every other horror movie, like things where it's like, there's comfort in that. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, particularly with I think horror or, or thrillers. You need a dynamic cast of characters, like archetypes almost. Where you for something like this, you want it to be grounded enough that people are you know hooked by it or understand it pretty quickly. But you also want them to be large enough that it's still you know entertaining. And I think you get that a lot with. Yeah, the Jesse character that I played was kind of the voice of reason. And then you have the Novus character, Allie, who is sort of the audience's perspective. You know, she was seeing things the way we were seeing, the, the way that hopefully the audience sees it. And then you have your Sky and your Kendricks, who are, you could argue, comedic relief, but also just this blood pump of the movie driving yeah. everything forward. Also tragic characters in their own way. Absolutely. Absolutely tragic. Yeah. Well, what advice do you have for somebody who is looking to endeavor onto something like this? Something that's long form in some short form stints? I might, I might say uh, a little platitudinous, but I think just be, this is like generally just be open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't, don't pigeonhole your perception of what TikTok is or can be, because I, I, I do think that, especially in terms of scripted dramatic content or really sort of, how do you say this, sort of scripted, or rather just content that's episodic, but serialized in a sense that it's one overarching story. I think that the frontiers are so wide open at this point that, you know, and I think like all artists, especially in, in film and TV and media should, should always be pushing boundaries but i think here you know just just see what new things you can do to to push the form yeah yeah i mean i think there's really just like getting out there and getting a camera and doing it there's it it worked like the experiment worked we were really surprised that it found an audience it went viral it really like people were watching it people were engaging with it like and it, it there's something there and i think like you know this scripted it's serialized, but it's also just one cohesive story that could have been released as a short film as much as it could have been released as a movie. There's, you know, it could have been released as a TikTok. And I think like we we wanted to find an audience, and that was like what TikTok offered. Cause it naturally, it's like their algorithm, whatever they're pushing is the goal is to just find content that people like and yeah. that people seem to like watching or in short form and yeah so that, that was it was a it's cool i think there's really it's such it's so accessible for scrappy filmmakers for people listening to this podcast i've been listening to this podcast since i was 16 and in my high school i was a film nerd and, and trying to you know find a film community and this was where i landed and i you know everyone always says just do it get out there and do it and this is there's so low so such a low barrier to entry mm-hmm. I think there was something really special just about just going off what Jacob said, like about um, getting it out there and seeing the real time feedback. I mean, I think you could get something equivalent on 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 YouTube, or you know, if you're releasing something in film or TV, you know, there might be forums or reviews and stuff. But here, we could literally just see the comments under being like, 
oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I was so rooting for blah, blah, blah. And there's something that was really, I don't know, pulled on my heartstrings there where I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm interfacing with a complete stranger and, and they get to interface with me back. There was such a debate on TikTok as to whether this was real. And we had, it was like, that was wild to see because people were like this, you know, you're crazy. Of course, this is real. Like I heard about this. And we're like, where did you hear about this? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but we're like, all right, if you heard about it, cool. Like, uh, but yeah, then, and then other people were like, no way is this real. I recognize Spencer. I recognize Caroline. <laughs> that's not Caroline. Has I know him. Or like Spencer, that's not Spencer. Yeah, like, I got needed. Yeah, that's his ugly brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's such a not only great watch, so fun, so creepy, so voyeuristic, which is just we just gotta admit that we like to watch other people. That's what movies is. But also from just a pure being inspired as emerging filmmakers, it's such a great case study of not waiting around not waiting for an insane budget, but let's just make something. We have an idea, let's run with it and let's walk in the shady side of the mountain as the sun crests and, and then figure out how to do it and bring everyone up and get it done. So I'm so excited for you guys. Any idea of what's happening next? There another murder tapes coming out? Nothing, nothing planned, but you know, you never know. Maybe there'll be another killing that we'll have to find the footage. Yeah, and, and, if, and, and if, you, if you like mountain murder tapes, a good cop is hashtag Chad gets the act available on VOD, <laughs> and it all stars yours truly, Spencer Harrison Levin. Uh, really I feel like a cop. New York accent is coming out of nowhere it's for, as you promote this. Who's on the line now? Oh, it's, Sorry. Your, oh it's your publicist yeah. who just walked in the room. I yeah, I'm didn't an actor even slash producer. Yeah, slash publicist. Yes, yeah. slash cinematographer. Slash cinematographer. <laughs> It's yeah. sort of like a split situation. It's like the movie exactly, split. Exactly, exactly. But less talent. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> no, seriously, wow. everyone should check out Chad Gets the Axe, which started as a short film, a proof of concept. Then you got to go shoot it in rural Louisiana, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, also shot on iPhone. Also filmmaker shooting on iPhone and with a very, very frustrated DP. <laughs> but we did it. We did it nonetheless. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so cool. I can't wait to see what everyone does next. And I can't wait to hear what our listeners think. If you have any follow-up questions, you can send them to podcast.nofilmschool.com. We'll answer it on the podcast. You can also follow these guys and the Mountain Murder Tapes on social media, I believe at Mountain Murder Tapes, right? Yeah. And where else can people? <laughs> yeah. TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Instagram. But TikTok's the main main place. How about you guys? Where can people follow you? I'm also on TikTok at Spencer H. Levin, as well as Instagram, same name, Benji. So I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Benji, B-E-N-J-Y, Steinberg. I'm on Instagram at Bubblewater with four R's. It's my last name, Seltzer. I love your handle. It's so good. <laughs> and thank you guys for being here. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can like, rate, and subscribe to the No Film School podcast at any place you get podcasts. You can also get more No Film School, including another article about this particular project at nofilmschool.com. You can also send us your questions, which I already said. And there's one other thing, social media. Did I mention our social media? At No Film School across Twitter or X or Instagram, whatever it's called. Thank you so much for listening and thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us, Eugene. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you.